0: Yeah, I think for me, it's always been focused on literally just focus on the thing that's making you happy about the craft. Um, especially with stand up, like, uh, you know, I'm not here to say that I'm the funniest guy in the world, I'm certainly not like, you know, a yucks guy or an absolute guy that's going around and touring all the time, but I say I do think that I'm funny and uh, um, I've been enjoying doing it for as long as I've done it. I love doing stand-up. I love watching good stand-up. I think for me, it's just, I'm never fooled by the people who are just running it on autopilot. Does that make sense? Who are just like, yeah, I, I'm happy to hear the same jokes over and over again. Cause you're working it. That's part of the craft. You're trying to develop a, an act and you're trying to see what works and see how you can change it to work it. And okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I say it this way and this long, you know, um, but I I guess what I'm getting at is just find the fun in it, truly.
1: Laughing Vikings Live. High vibe chats with actors, comedians, and creators, plus stand-up comedy, sketch comedy, and most importantly, you. That's right. Join us every Monday for new episodes, and you can be a part of the show on Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and Twitch ask questions and interact in the comments and make sure to share this with your actor, comedian and creator friends so they can be a part of the show too can't make a live show? no problem, you can catch up on your favorite podcast platform and visit laughingvikings.com to find out how you can join the cast and crew, alright it's time for today's show buckle up and make sure you stick around to the end because we have a special surprise for you all right ladies and gentlemen it is laughing vikings live happy monday fun day let's go Woo-wee. happy monday everyone how you doing bk i'm doing fantastic lars how you doing Oh, man. I had a great weekend. It's sunny. It's hot. It's summer here. It's great. We're on fire. We're on fire right now here at Laughing Vikings. I got the captain's hat on. I got my happy shirt on. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm here uh, in Comedy Alley,
2: as you can see here. We yeah. and I can see Chris Robinson is still doing the longest set ever. So that's yeah. fantastic.
1: Yeah, he's being a, a, a bit of a stage hog, to be honest with you. Mm. I think it was about six weeks ago he was on that stage, and he's still... Has he not just left. won't get he off. off. But you know what? The people love him. So who am I? Like who am I to? Uh, we can't. We can't stop the. We
2: can't stop him when he's on fire.
1: <laughs> he's doing it. He's setting records. I, I think uh, Dave Chappelle had a long, like six hour set, but um, a six week set has topped that. So mm-hmm. kudos to you, Chris Robinson. Yes. Um, Yeah, we had a great weekend here at at uh, Comedy Alley. Saturday's show was precariously um, almost going to be canceled due to rain. We had crazy thunderstorms just before it happened. I was able to put all of the, the um, chairs and everything inside. We had to push it a little bit about half an hour, Mm -hmm. but I was like, I don't like canceling shows. I hate it. I hate canceling shows. I'm a big believer in the show must go on regardless of the reason. Uh, But obviously no one's going to sit outside in a thunderstorm. So we put it back half an hour when people came with their pre with their prepaid tickets to the door at the new at the usual time, I was like, "Go to the go to a neighborhood pub, have a beer for half an hour, come back." And it just cleared by like nine thirty. It was clear, and then it was smooth sailing. It was a beautiful night, and it ended up being a, an amazing show on Saturday. So everyone's patience was rewarded, including my own. Uh, and if you didn't know, uh, you're looking at me. You're like, this guy. Uh, he's got a bit of a Viking in him, uh, and my dad is Zeus. I talked to lord zeus the thunder god and was like dad i'm trying to do a fucking show here in comedy <laughs> alley and uh he listened to me
2: i was screaming i was like enough enough wow i, heard, I can't I believe you worship. got through the the waiting period like i'm still waiting to talk to zeus like fuck well
1: you're just a friend of his son though that's you that's know. true yeah yeah
2: but I next do, time next time
1: Next time, play that up. Be like, hey, I'm like basically head honcho here yeah, at the studio. Oh yeah, let, right, let, him let him know. Let him know. I don't get a chance to talk to him too much. So, <laughs> do you mind uh, if I CC you in that email to Zeus? It's probably a good idea for credibility. He'll be, then will yeah. know it's legit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was great. The, the weekend was great. Um, yeah, Friday, the Friday before the weekend was my dad's birthday. I was up to visit him, we went mm-hmm. golfing. I kicked his ass. There you go. There you go. It's his 79th birthday. And uh, his buddy was like, I can't believe you didn't let your dad win at golf. And I was like, No, I gotta give him some incentive to continue with his physio and with his health so that by next year, on his 80th birthday, maybe he'll have a chance. But we were actually <laughs> we, we were tied, we were tied at after eight holes. We just played nine and uh, and then I beat him by a couple strokes on the ninth. So kudos to me. But, um, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty great. It was pretty great. So we got a great show here today. We actually, the other thing we should talk about is we've been having a, an amazing couple of days at the studio. Yesterday on Sunday, we were, what were we, from 10 a.m. to 11 p.m. We had back to back to back to back to back to back to back. I think we had maybe one hour gap or maybe maybe there was a maybe two hour two, gap. Yeah. Yeah, but it was a ton of great auditions for a lot of uh, really fun TV shows and movies that are being shot in and around the Toronto area. Mm -hmm. So it was just really good vibes all day long, getting people in and out of the studio. And I think there was a ton of great auditions. And then same thing today. I was, um, I think, 10.30 till 4.30. And our guest, who you're going to meet in a few minutes, our guest was here like an hour ago. Shooting uh, his auditions for a fantastic feature that's been greenlit. Uh, that I don't know that we can talk about it too much, but it's uh, a fantastic feature that is sort of set in Toronto, which is nice because there's a ton of ton of shows that are set in Toronto, but really they're they're using Toronto as New York or Chicago or some big big city. But mm-hmm. uh, he was uh, filming an audition for one that actually takes place here in Toronto and uses uh, Toronto's locations and doesn't hide the fact that it's. Chirana, so that's exciting uh adam daniel mazay what do you say there good to see captain lars in the bk broiler lapping up the copious vitamin d on this red letter day that's right (laughs) that's right i think i got a bit of a tan too i'm feeling good
2: yeah even i'm getting a tan like you can tell and Mm. i i burn like
1: fuck. yeah you're getting a farmer's tan is what you're getting let's see that again
2: i mean yeah but considering considering i got the the short end of the ginger gene where i just burn and my brother with red hair tans this is this is nice this is a real this is really nice me.
1: and one of the good things is because you don't have red hair that means you have a soul
2: oh yeah yeah that is nice
1: and your brother doesn't wow He has to lose
2: out on something.
1: Soulless, (laughs) soulless ginger. Yeah, yeah. Um, All right. Well, I think uh, we don't need to ramble on about uh, anything. Again, uh, we should just let people know, though, if you're watching this right now, share this out with your actor and comedian friends. Stick around to the end. We often do something special where we've got some prizes for you. And uh, you can subscribe on all the podcast platforms uh, we do this live every Monday. You can watch live on Facebook or on YouTube, wherever you're watching right now. But make sure throughout the show, if you have questions for us or questions for our guests, throw them in the comments and we'll bring those in and uh, make you a part of the show. And visit laughingvikings.com slash gift. Gift, if you want to, um, that'll give you a, your first self-tape session free here at the studio. So all the actors out there, if you need a hand with a big audition coming up, we give you the first one on the house. And what we find is pretty much everyone who does it here, they're like, this is a better way I'm gonna come here. So we're able to do that uh, for people on the first one. And if you wanna hit up Comedy Alley, go to laughingvikings.com slash Comedy Alley. We have amazing shows this weekend. Maybe we should promo those shows. Um, and that link, if you go to that link, I'm still I still got it up there for a little while. But your first show at Comedy Alley, you can get a promo code for 50% off the tickets. So instead of $29, they'll be $14.50. And the thing about these shows is that we should be charging over $100 for them. And if you're like, Lars, $100, you're seeing four headlining comedians every single week in a show here. So um, you're getting a bargain at the regular price, but if it's the first time you've been here, Go to that uh, laughingvikings.com slash comedy alley. You'll get a promo code. Bring some friends. If you got a birthday coming up, you can book a 10-pack of tickets or you can book the whole comedy alley out. Bring your whole friends and it'll just be you and your VIP crew. No strangers. It can just be you and your friends. Your your own little bubble in the alleyway. Uh, and bring those... Uh, do we have the the promo, the uh, pictures for this coming? Mm-hmm. All right. So, where am I here? We have... Jason Allen, Ali Pierce, Jeremy Dobsky, and Natish Sakuja on Friday, September 3rd, 9 p.m. All of them headliners in their own right. They've done all the festivals just for laughs. JFL 42, Halifax, Winnipeg, Moncton, Sault Ste. Marie, Sudbury, Moose Jaw. There's not a city these people have not done comedy in. So uh, it's a privilege to get to host for them. So check them out on Friday. And on Saturday... We got a big one. One of my favorite, 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 favorite. I'm gonna say it more, favorite, 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 favorite Canadian comedians. The first guy you see there, Mr. Ryan Belleville. Hilarious, so much fun. And you might recognize him, he's a series regular. He plays Lionel on Working Moms on TV or on Netflix or wherever you watch your quote unquote TV shows. And that's Hannah Lawrence is gonna be on the show. Casey Corbin, another great headliner, and Andrew Barr. So you're getting jam-packed four headliners for the price of one. And if you take advantage of that 50% off at laughingvikings.com slash comedy alley, you're getting four for the less than the price of one, for way less. But if you see that right now and you're like, you know what? I'm going to pay full price for that. You don't have to use the promo code, but it is there if you want. So we'll see you Friday, Saturday night for some stand-up shows, pro-comedy all weekend long. It's going to be amazing. And I've already looked at the forecast. I think it's smooth sailing. I think we're oh. getting sun, like, all. Oh, I think the next 10 days, just sun, 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 sun. So nice. no more rain. No yeah. more rain. It's looking good. It's looking good. Now, uh, we let's bring our guest on um
2: well we're gonna introduce him with a clip right oh, we're
1: gonna we're gonna do the clip okay yeah. roll the clip roll, roll the, the clip, clip.
2: Hey, you guys know the song more <laughs> <laughs> brothers owns the other one so
0: we can't do it it's a million it's a million bucks i um i <laughs> ah! sorry i was running out of breath ah! okay um i am susceptible to peer pressure I don't know. Look, I'm calling myself out. I'm susceptible to peer pressure. If you guys want me to do anything, just organize a simple majority, and I'll do the thing. 51% I'll do it! I'm like the Senate! I will do the thing. I... uh, Peer pressure is the only reason why I've done any drug. Because, you know, that's enough people. People are cool, and I'm trying to be cool like people. People are cool, right? I'm an alien. People are cool. It's <laughs> the only reason I've done any, any drug at all. In fact, peer pressure on my birthday one year um, is the only reason I did acid and mushrooms on the same day. Yeah, why? Why? Why would anyone do that? Let me tell you, though, when you do acid and mushrooms on the same day, it's permanent. <laughs> so, I'm changed. I'm a different person. I'm a changed man. I am convinced that I can taste and smell colors from a distance now. I'm sitting in the back of a cab, and if the guy doesn't know it's a green light, I'm like, excuse me, it's a ham light. I don't know if you can smell it. It's ham. Let's go. Oh, it's lavender now. Oh, it's Pepsi. You fucked me. I was going to catch a plane. You fucked me. (laughs) Um, I, what's going on here? I am, (sighs) I like, okay, here's, okay, this is real. I don't know how to, I don't know if this is relatable at all. Let me try it. Don't do that. Don't try. Um, but I'm going to do it anyway. I um, I can't ballpark. Does that make any sense to anybody? I can't ballpark. You know, when you you know I can't guess how many jelly beans are in the jar. I suffered in silence growing up, and that was really important to me to get, you know... Everyone's rain man, and I'm not. I can't... I'm going to tell my mom that 3,000 people are here tonight. <laughs> I don't get it. I, it's a spatial aphasia that has only affected me, apparently. Cops know. They're like, oh, the suspect's 1,000 feet away. How did they do that? How do they do that? How do people know just... Did a laser shoot out their head and echolocate the guy? I went to an actual ballpark in Toronto. It's the Sky Dome, or it's called something else now. I should know, I don't know why, I don't know. Um, and I walked in the actual ballpark, and I'm like, this is a really big room, and the dome is closed, it's a really big room. And I was like, how many people fit in this place? And my friend, he um, he nailed it. He said, 50, he just guessed, 50,000. I have so many. like I wheeled on him, I was like, you didn't even pretend, you didn't even try, you didn't even, like, pretend, like, come on, everyone's Rain Man, I hate it. Coffee doesn't have lids anymore, this is related, it's related.
3: (laughs) Coffee doesn't have
0: lids anymore, and that's a problem for me with my spatial aphasia, because what happens is I order a size of coffee, and it doesn't have a lid. And you gotta go over here and get the cream and the lid. But look, here's the rub. They have three sizes of coffee, but some of these places, some put out six or seven stacks of lids. They're trying to flummox me, these guys. I don't know about you, 90% of the time, friends have seen me do this, when I select a lid, I have to take a pulse, and I, a lot of the time, select a lid that's far too small, because it looks right, but then it disappears right into my coffee. And now, new year, new me, guys, I stir it in like I meant to do it, and I go in the car, and by the way, if you guys want to try that out, get your microplastics in you. They leave a bit of room. They leave just enough room for a bit of uh, cream and two lids. <laughs> I fucked that up. You want to? Uh, you ever fuck up? I gotta leave the business. I fucked that up. <laughs> I. Uh, <laughs> what's happening? I. I like to drink. Who's drinking tonight? We drinking tonight? sick, <laughs> sick. Sit. Sick, sick. Um, I draw the line at Jell-O shots. I can drink most anything but Jell-O shots. That's it. I'm done. Uh, what do we do in adding a middleman? We're chewing our liquor. I don't understand. I'm trying to get fucked up here. I don't understand. People are like, oh, cause they're f- it's fun. Oh, jello shots are fun. Yeah, liquor is already fun.
3: <laughs> it's a
0: poison that rearranges your personality, huh? When you feel like it. I don't understand. Imagine if Don Draper in the middle of a scene of Mad Men (laughs) fixed himself a jello shot instead of a Jim Beam. He's like, wait a minute, Joan, I'm just going to do chemistry, and then we'll talk, you know? (laughs) You can't make one jello shot. It's chemistry. You got to, you know, or you got to bake it in some cases. You got to bake it, so you got to make a big batch. We have a weird thing with shots. I don't know if you guys have that in this. It, do you guys have to wait for everyone to do, to come back from the bathroom to do shots here? Or is that just a Canadian thing? I wonder, like, when you get a thing of shots, you have to wait. Oh, it doesn't matter. Well, fuck it, I'm just gonna sell the thing. I don't like it. I think it's dumb. I think it's weird. We have to wait for everyone to be around the shot before we can do it. You, no one could. do Don't do the shot! Becca's not back from the bathroom! And then, you're doing a joke. I, imagine this! Imagine this! It's jello shots, right? And it's ten of you, because it's a party or whatever. It's a party drink. And you have to look everyone in the eye. And also it's bad sex, right? And then you go, hey, happy birthday, salute. And then it's a minute or more of this. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: insane. That to me is insane. We're animals. I know you got to put your finger in there, but
0: that's insane to me. I, imagine, imagine we use jello shots to toast at weddings. Imagine, hey, um, oh my God, Bruno, man, you're my rock buddy. Hey, man, I'm so happy you found Barbara. Holy hell, man, Barbara, you
2: you came out with my mother. And you gave her the kidney, man. You're fucking great. Salute. It really undercuts it.
0: Little, really undercuts it. Um, I'm trying to have. I'm trying to have some sex. I'm trying to... I'm trying to... I'm trying to have some sex. No segues. Hey, good word. Do you do comedy? Do you do comedy? Segway. Holy hell. I, um, I'm i trying to have some sex. There's sex out there. I'm trying to have it. Um, I have to... I'm on the apps. I'm, I'm using the apps. I'm advertising on the apps. Um, that's how I try to do it. Um, I, I don't discriminate on the apps. If you have a face and a body on the app and it's a little bit in a photo, I'm like, WOW! Yeah, I swipe right, you're good In my book for the app I don't discriminate, I don't care But I've noticed something And don't come after me There's a lot of white women out there Who make me upset on those apps And don't come after me, we love white women They're great, they're great I There's something that upsets me though With like a few percent of them And it's this, I've noticed on the apps There's a lot of pictures that white women put up Where it's them, I guess they're on sabbatical Because they're surrounded by black Or often brown children and they're like, doing, hey, look, I'm, on se- I'm do. look at the good work that I'm doing with all these children. Look at these children that I'm with. And this is a website to get dick or pussy, by the way. <laughs> look at me. Look at the good work that I'm doing. Look at these children that I taught for a semester or whatever. How come I've never matched with that lady? Think about that. Who is that picture for? If it's not for me,
3: <laughs>
0: that's virtue signaling of the highest degree. If you have a photo like that, you got to swipe right on every brother that likes you. <laughs> anyway, maybe she doesn't want to bring her work home with her. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you guys made great on Chris Andrew. Thanks so much. You're gonna love
1: Fred. All right. So excited to have this guest. He's done stand up all over the world. You might also recognize him from What We Do in the Shadows, Jack Ryan Cavendish. And he spent the first half of 2021 in Australia shooting a new series as a series regular in Melissa, Melissa McCarthy's upcoming show. Please give a warm welcome for Mr. Chris Asandafuck. There,
3: there he is. Guys.
1: Wow. Twice- in one day I saw you about an hour ago here in the yeah. studio and you I, rushed home to go I, hop on a podcast.
0: I didn't even rush home. I left your house and I ate at I ate two Liberty shawarma. Do you know that Monday deal? I did not know. Buddy. Guys, I'm here to advertise for Liberty shawarma now because buddy, it's right uh, near you.
1: H- hang on one sec. <laughs> If you only knew, great minds think alike. About you got 20-
0: the, the Monday deal?
1: Of course. Two chicken shawarmas. They are not a sponsor, by the way, but maybe after this they will be. They're not uh, a sponsor.
0: And you I know ate what? one. And that size there is deceptive because Lars is a bit taller and kind of bigger. Those are big shawarms. They're pretty big good. Big shawarms
3: yeah,
1: maybe yeah.
0: for 12 yeah. bucks.
1: I ate, I ate one pre-show and i was gonna save one for after the show but now that i got it in my hand i'm just gonna take a big old bite <laughs> yeah, you
0: have me? honestly i scarfed mine um i went to liberty shawarma scarfed them and i was like shit i gotta do like i want to fall asleep now i gotta do nope. this so i apologize <laughs> i'm a little low energy you put my clip up and i almost fell asleep watch my own clip and uh you know there's some of those jokes You know, not a a lot of people know the coffee thing anymore. Coffee, they've fixed it. They've fixed Uh, coffee.
2: I was thinking that actually. I don't
0: tell that joke anymore because in the years since that video was shot, I noticed Starbucks was the biggest one that used to do that where you'd like, here's your coffee. And it was like naked, like it would have no lid. They've pretty much stopped doing that. And I wonder if that's – is it a COVID thing? Like they don't put them out anymore? Yeah. I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Probably. It's... They don't want hands all over everything. Like yeah. somebody yeah. – you pick up a lid yeah. and it's not the right one. Then you put it down after you yeah. coughed on it and then someone else puts it on yours.
0: Or I'm noticing they're all – like it's a one-size-fits-all situation. Like there's a ball's axe near me. Watch your mouth. What did you right. say to me? Ball's There's a axe <laughs> near me. Watch your mouth. Uh, where it's like literally any lid you grab in that place fits on uh, – on a coffee. So that's kind of right. nice. Which
1: which is the way that it should work is you which make is the way the, way that it should work. you make the opening to the cup the same size and you just make the cup taller yeah. or shorter. You taper
0: yeah. it, you do whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. So there you go. I right. thanks for showing that clip. I it's weird. I hate watching stand-up of me, which is silly because I love doing stand up and I want people to come and see me and pay to see me and like right. me. But it's hard to watch videos sometimes. And, and that one I hadn't seen in a while. So bless your heart.
1: And that one, uh, I remember you telling me about that after you got back from LA because that was in Burbank at Flappers. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so that's mm-hmm. always extra special when you're doing it in, in LA there. That that's true. Fun.
0: Yeah. I got to just do I got to go there. I mean, you know, this is pre pandemic time, so you could <laughs> travel freely and uh, not wear a mask. Remember? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I don't. Um, no, I, got, I don't remember. No, I don't. <laughs> no, you don't. I know it's been so goddamn. I remember. Right. Oh, Ooh, we, we got there. How oh, I got there.
1: We got an interesting comment from uh, Adam again. Chris is top of the tits. Love that he used the word flummoxed. Did you use the word <laughs> flummoxed? Is that even a I word? I did.
0: That was in the set yeah. there. Um, yeah. yeah. Wow. This Adam Daniel Meze guy is really – is he a robot? Top of the tits. Is that a real – is <laughs> that like, an expression? He is.
1: He is not a bot. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Adam's He's, at a Tron- bot? He's a yeah. Toronto-based actor here, a, yeah. a regular at the oh, studio, regular here, and, yeah. a, and a regular on the podcast, too. So. Oh, okay. Um, well,
0: there you go. I noticed that he said I had a Cubit Gooding Jr. thing going on. I don't know what he means by that. <laughs> I, but if he means Oscar-worthy, Oscar I'll take I it. it. I think
1: it that's it. It means that uh, you, you want us to show you the money.
0: Uh, There he is. We'll take a a break. We'll be right back after this sticker. (laughs)
1: Uh, All right, Chris, uh, we like to do something off the top here called One Minute Life Story. Brandon's going to throw a a stopwatch, one minute on the clock, and you can tell us from birth right up until now about the life of Chris Sandiford. Here is Chris Sandiford's One Minute Life Story starting now.
0: Okay, uh, I was born, Chris Sandiford was born August 5th, 1987, in the Jewish General Hospital in Montreal, Quebec, during the heat wave of that year. Um, And now I'm here doing this, so not much. You can stop the clock! I did it! Who, who's done it in the fastest time? I know it's we, not a race. We got to fill the um, time.
1: You got 40 seconds
2: left. 40 All seconds. right.
0: Well, I was messing around just to toy with you because I can do this in 30 uh, seconds. <laughs> um, after that, I, you know, I be I dicked around in high school. I wanted to be a funny person my whole life. I ended up going to film school in Montreal and... Um, after that, I moved, I started doing stand-up. You know, I didn't want to make films so much anymore because I wanted to be the author of my own words and say them and rehearse them. And from that, I found an agent and did a lot of commercials. And uh, that was about 10 years ago. And now I've, uh, you know, found a lovely life. Uh, I'm living a charmed life where I'm just, you know, booking some TV and writing some stuff and, um, you know, loving life and being here on the show. Yeah! <laughs> Boom! Nailed oh, it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, and, I really glossed over that, you know, my ten years at uh, Shawshank,
2: but
0: um, <laughs> no one wants to hear about that. No, yeah. no, that's yeah. not really
2: as interesting and, as your life. And but there crazy- was old.
0: Crazy old, time. Some guy broke out of there. It was really wild. It was really nuts. But oh, wow. old Chris
1: tenure. Sandiford crawled 800 <laughs> meters full of river, shit to get out of river there. Of yeah. shit.
0: No, but that's where you see, that's where the story changes. I wouldn't have done that. I would, I would absolutely have stayed in the prison. Um, I don't know. When when you watch Shawshank, do you always think about how, whenever I get to that point, first of all, it's always on TV, it's on AMC all the time. And if I ever mm-hmm. catch it, I watch. Doesn't matter what, where it is. I watched the whole thing. There goes my afternoon, my night, whatever. Um, But whenever it gets to that point where he's like escaping and he's bashing that rock in the sewage pipe and he's got to crawl through it, I'm like, hey, how does he know this isn't going to like go down into just like a a cistern or like a (laughs) reservoir of shit and water where he can't escape? How does he know it goes like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that he knew that you, one, would need to know? Or did he just go on faith and say, you know what, most drain pipes just go kind of horizontally for a half mile, Red says, a half mile. And He's... does he go on faith? I guess because he was innocent. I don't he... think I could have done that. Well, I mean, I guess...
2: because. Because he sort of had connections before he went into the prison, right? Yeah, he so was maybe, a hot shot. Banker. Maybe he got a blue blueprint <laughs> of the prison before he actually went in there. Or maybe Red got him a b- blueprint of the prison because Red could get right. things. Oh, and Red can get anything. Yeah. Red can get anything.
1: He was also in charge of the library. So maybe he had, like, uh, that's true. The, big Rickards, the, book of, the big book of sewer blueprints. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. The correct answer Chris is there was an alternate ending where mm-hmm. on escaping he just falls into a pit and then he just yeah. lives out the rest of his life in a sewer in, pit in the pit right <laughs> and he never gets out uh, yeah
0: well yeah. you know what, what <laughs> yeah, like a wild, it's not a, that's it's, see that's the Stephen King twist that I was missing right. They were like, <laughs> Frank Darabont had to change it. He had to make it a happy ending this right. time.
1: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's uh, rewrite this and see if we can find a more feel-good ending to this. Uh-huh. Instead of make rid-
0: redemption with zombies. Yeah. It's the same with uh, The Mist. You know, I read the novella The Mist by Stephen King, and at the end of that movie, it's much more sad. It's much more like um, they escape in a car, and he's with, like, a child and some people, and, uh, you know, The Mist. <laughs> you know The Mist, uh, Brandon? Yeah, yeah. Um, The premise, I suppose, just for the listener is just, you know, a cloud descends on a town Mm -hmm. and it's just so thick and foggy, but there are monsters in it of all shapes and sizes. And it's all it's horrible. It's an H.P. Lovecraftian nightmare. And at the end of it, these people are holed up in the shopping mall. And at the end in the novella, yeah, they escape in a car, but the car runs out of fuel. And he has like a, a pistol with only enough bullets to kill everyone but himself. So he does that. And then in the novella, he has to live out his days in this foggy, you know, uh, New England landscape with hellish monsters and creatures coming after him. And that's the novella. But in the movie, do you guys remember what, what they do? They rewrote it.
2: Yes, they do. They shot everyone. And then yeah. the army came in right after he exited the car. And they're just blowing the mist away. Yeah, they're blowing yeah. the mist away. <laughs> right. What the
0: fuck is that? It's like, yeah, it cleared up. And he's like, it, ostensibly, I guess that's a crazier ending, just because it's like, oh, I didn't need, if we just waited a little. I feel like that was a
2: studio ending, to be honest. That's a studio ending. It's like, well, yeah. we
0: wanted to see the sun again.
2: Yeah. Um but so I don't know show show that the army is capable of taking down whatever right. is possible this is yeah. a
0: pro uh what is it um industrial complex military industrial complex movie we yeah. took care of it a little too little too late but we took care of it.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So yeah. Um I wrote The Mist and I also wrote Shawshank. Is that why I brought it's, uh, the on Chris? <laughs> Especially Shawshank. <laughs> yeah, man. Big fan nice. of the prison system. <laughs> you know, in terms of talking about it. Not a fan of the prison system itself, but it's like mm-hmm. it's such a, right. a lot to talk about, you know. Yeah. So
1: Chris, let's take us back. Uh, we're gonna delve back into your life story. Um, when was your very first performance as a kid? Not necessarily anything professional, but what when was your first inkling Holy. of being a performer?
0: Shoot. Um I have photos, my mom has photos of me at like family parties, friends of families, having parties where if I found something that is shaped like a microphone, I would like do jokes in front of them, like for real. I was like, I don't know where I got that idea. I think it's because like I've, television raised me basically. Um, and I remember at a very young age just being fascinated that someone could stand there and be listened to, but it's funny. It's not serious. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um A lot of my childhood was watching, you know, BET, comedy on BET. Because, like, I was a kind of a heavy, I was a chubby black kid, you know, in Kingston, Ontario. And there's not, well, there's not many black kids. Now there are. It's the diversity quotient is increasing there more and more, (laughs) which is great. But at the time when I was a kid, not really. So it was, like, very refreshing to see these big, flat black men, you know, like, you know, I'm talking Cedric the Entertainer. And others who I can't name who literally, you know, the joke is, I feel like in comedic comedic circles it's like no one sweats more than a black comedian even you can talk athletes i don't care a black comedian sweats like they have like a little rag and that <laughs> that that image just burned in my mind and i used to watch those shows a lot whatever it was you know Def jam and comedy at the apollo or whatever it was truly being like this is incredible i, I want to do something like this um So, yeah, just at parties, I would tell jokes, terrible jokes. Like, I don't even, like, looking back, it's like, what did I know? Like, what's funny? You know, farts are funny and, like, sounds and things. What do I know? Um, So, thank God I, you know, thought I, I must have thought I was pretty good because nothing could deter me, and
2: the crowds couldn't have been that great. Um, You can win a crowd over with a fart. Like,
0: ah! do it.
2: (laughs) It wouldn't even have been, I couldn't do it on command.
0: I would have had to have faked it or something. I honestly don't remember what I would have done. And my sister would do like, literally, we'd put on a show and I'd like MC it. And my sister would do like gymnastics because that was her thing. And other like neighborhood kids that we were friends with, you know, we'd encourage them to do things as well. But I was like the ringleader. I like, let's put on a show. And like, you know, I I mean, when we were growing up, it was like parents drank openly not that they don't anymore but it was cool it was cool being a kid was cool when i was a kid because it's like you know uh I, there was one family friend that would have parties a lot like their family would have parties a lot we would go because we were just down the street and they were also caribbean and they had a bar in their in their basement where they had like and like a sound system with and the, my microphone so they hated it but like sometimes we'd interrupt it and like i said we'd put on a little show um, and, and now so much so that I remember they were preempting it. It's like, okay, when okay, if you guys are going to put on your show, it has to be between this and this time. And anyway, I it didn't deter us somehow. I don't know. And by us, I mean me, did not deter me.
1: And look how far you've come. I'm sure right now, mm-hmm. if it hasn't happened already, it'll happen at some point. There's some <laughs> little kid, maybe watching Laughing Vikings podcast and right. just like, saw oh, this- that clip and was like. Someday I want to be like him. Be like
0: me, oh my God, being flummoxed at coffee lid sizes. (laughs) I guarantee you no kid is saying this is what star they want to hitch their wagon to, um, the neuroses of this boy. Uh, But that's very nice of you to say, I appreciate that.
1: So that was your your what what you call your amateur start when did mm-hmm. you make the transition into paid gigs and and do you remember your very first paid gig the first time someone gave you money for any of this whether it's acting whoa. or stand up?
0: whoa no I mean the first kind of like official one would have been like in high school like we used to have coffee houses which were I don't know if that was a thing like I so I grew up in Kingston Ontario um, and I went. To, in high school and in middle school, we had like these like fundraising events, um, and one of them was called a coffee house. Where literally it was an evening event, and students would put on like an evening of shows, uh, and it could be like our dance routine, or if you had like a band. I was also part of the ska band, so we were there a lot doing the, that sort of thing. Um, I think literally my first paid gigs would have been part of that ska band. I played trombone in a ska band, which was pretty wild. We have a bunch of albums wow. are available on iTunes still. Um, which is crazy. A friend of mine just pointed out, oh my God, you guys are on iTunes right now. Um,
1: we we have were good. It in, was a fun
0: time. We have, we have something evening. in common,
1: Chris. Um, we the were EP both trombone. tromboners. Yes, I played it uh, in grade nine. Yeah, and There was three of us in, in class and none of us really wanted to be there. We took music because we thought we had to take music or art and we weren't good at either. So we... Uh. So we took music, and I specifically remember being in concerts, like whenever we do the Christmas concert. Mm. All three of us, none of us knew exactly what the we were positions. doing, so it was like all all fake. Like you do it, and then yeah, you kind yeah, of yeah. look look out of the corner of your eye and uh-huh. see where, see like where a, the like guy his, next to you had yeah,
0: his in seventh position. Okay, yeah. And then you'd like, and then you'd go too far, and nothing would come apart, and you'd be like,
1: "Oh, right, right." Or or a lot of people, I feel a lot of people in in high school bands. Or any kind of amateur bands if you didn't know what you were doing you were just not blowing at all and just faking the whole faking time it. and you just hoped that the rest of the orchestra would carry you and no one no one would notice well
0: that's the point of the orchestra as many voices making one and uh but i i apologize i don't echo your sentiments i was very serious about band and drama like i was i'm the rare guy in my years at high school and middle school that did yeah every art that i could So that that I was allowed to do. So truly drama uh, and music, all four years of high school. And then I took like extracurricular music. Like I I did composing, like I wrote music in like middle school, all through high school. Even in university, I wrote like film scores. I wanted to a little bit play with those. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like good at trombone for somebody who never really took formal lessons from like a private teacher. You know, I learned it in uh, high school. And just played it and learned. I knew how to read music because my mom made us take, my sister and I take piano lessons when we were young. We were like, you know, it's weird because art was never like the family business. Social work is technically. And my mom really kind of forced us. And I'm happy she did because like not a lot of people know how to read music. And I know a lot of musicians who don't know how to read music. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a musician anymore. And I still know how to do that. that. Is that wild? Um, But yeah, these coffee houses, just to go back to those, I would have done comedy at them as well. So legitimately, I remember my first set was at my high school, one of these high school evening. I don't know why they were called coffee houses, because it's not like it was the evening. What are you doing drinking coffee in the evening? But they did serve coffee, and I, at the time, hated coffee, so I wouldn't have any. But, you know, they were chaperoned events, and like... Basically, people would come, parents mostly, and like friends of other schools come and just see their friends' bands or whatever. But yeah, I just, I did stand up at everyone that I could, which was two of them. And I'm sure I didn't make any money, but the evening would have made money,
2: right? So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Um, maybe that, if the house made money, then the you house right. all made okay. money. Yeah. That, that so that the was the
0: first time you were
1: exploited for charity. That's <laughs> there we works. go. That's <laughs> the, that's the rub.
0: Um, right. After that, I, I really couldn't even tell you. I wouldn't have done stand up until after university or during it, toward the end of it, truly in Montreal. So yeah. Oh God, who would? Who knows when? it's bizarre. I I feel bad that I don't exactly remember when someone put money in my hand, because I imagine that would be a really transformative um, moment. But for me, honestly, it was literally just I wanted the big important part of it was going up, doing your time, getting laughs, getting off and feeling like, oh, I did something that I that was good, maybe, hopefully. And feeling right. really inspired to keep going. Truly, that was all my me and I have to mention my favorite person in the whole world, my comedy, uh, my comedy brother Dan Karen, who I don't know if you guys know, but he's a Montreal comic, um, and we lived together briefly in Montreal. And we started comedy, at least in my later life. We, I started again with him. Like he brought me around. He's more a Montrealer than I was, so he kind of knew the spots and the mics. Um, he always said it like this: "It's like let's just worry about being funny, and then everything else will kind of." roll through. Um, there's this whole thing with artists, you know, you got to know your worth obviously, and you got to be able to ask for, you know, money, ask for pay. Cause you're it's work that you're doing. Um, and that's a hundred percent. I believe in that. I'm definitely bad at that though, because for me it was just like, this is such a this is alchemy. It's truly alchemy. I'm just making up stuff. And so it does feel bizarre to ask for cash because you're <laughs> waxing poetic about, you know, what the hell was I talking about then? Um, how Rob Ford was the Penguin, which is not even a good joke. But anyway, he was the mayor like the Penguin, so that was fun for
2: me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just don't want to see Rob Ford as the Penguin. I want to be the Penguin.
0: Ah! Oh my wow. God, Brandon!
2: i be a good Penguin. I love, I love the, the
0: Oswald Cobblepot.
2: What, what a friggin' role, man! If you s- imagine, I would any really Batman, really Batman. <laughs> any Batman villain would be so much fun. I think you would be a hell of a Bane, man. You'd be a one hell oh, of a Bane. You. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling, I'm telling
0: it like it is. I want to be Lex Luthor. If they ever make me, I'd love to be a cool, young Lex
2: Luthor. That would be awesome. You'd be a, be a great Lex, Lex Luthor. Luthor. Yeah.
1: Nice. nice. Uh, uh, Brandon, so Chris, you got a question yet?
2: What is the most interesting place you perform? Now, this could be something that's... Uh, very creepy and weird that's happened to you or something that's very positive that was uplifting but you weren't expecting it to happen whatsoever at this venue hmm that's a good
0: question what is the most interesting place I have performed I mean, well, now with COVID, I feel like everyone's doing comedy on rooftops and in, alley, in alleyways mm-hmm. where Chris, Chris Robinson refuses to give up the stage time. <laughs> um, that certainly would be interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, Comedy Alley, not to plug it, but like that's a really kind of a unique space, which I don't think if it weren't for, you know, this pandemic didn't happen. I don't think were you doing shows before the pandemic? No, because it's an alley. Yeah. Who wanted to do a show in an alley? That photograph you've got there is really a great example of, like, it's a charming, like, out, like, it's not an alley. It is, like, I suppose it is an alley, but it's elevated. It's not your classic. It's not like there's dumpsters back there. It's literally, like, a fire escape laneway that will descend into, like, and there's a restaurant. You're above a restaurant. But you're right. It is, like, between... two bricks on the and it's outside um yeah i don't even know how to answer that i feel like you know i was in australia recently and i did a show in you know you do a lot of shows in beer gardens there and uh, Ever done a boat show i've never done any of these boat shows people are doing i'm probably the only person that does hasn't done one i know and you got your hat there hopefully (laughs) you've done one uh have i yeah have i (laughs) <laughs> I, hope I have But um,
1: shit. Have I, I don't know. I don't know that I have. Uh, oh, here's what I have done. I've taken a boat to a show. I did a show on, uh, I think it was Peely Island, down uh, point Peely, oh, yeah. south, south so, like, of Windsor. Got
3: great wine. There. And
1: yeah, great they, um, the venue it was Jeff Leeson and I, they booked us to kind of to, to, to co-headline or like I opened with like 40 minutes and then Jeff did 45 to an hour And, but they picked us up like on a speedboat, ripped us across. It was like a 20 minute boat ride. And then they had accommodations there. So we did the show at the bar. Then they put us up there, and the next morning they drove us home. It was super
0: Amazing. Cool. See, yeah, I yeah. mean, amazing. I don't think I have – I mean, when this is over, I'm definitely going to be like, fuck, I should have said the time I did right. comedy in, an, in a hot air balloon that time or whatever. Well, send, no. send a voice
1: <laughs> send a voice memo to Brandon, and he'll edit it into
3: the episode. He'll in. Okay, he'll edit
0: it yeah. into here. Oh, you know what? Here's – oh, I did comedy. I had an opportunity to do comedy. You're never going to believe it. It was –
1: What? <laughs> He's fucking with us. <laughs> I know.
2: I know he is, but uh, I want to keep going with it. Uh-huh. And that was the
0: craziest. Oh, that was so cool. Wow. That was so cool. I can't
2: believe yeah, I that. A, yeah,
1: Holy. That was amazing, so that I a-
0: this part out that I'm explaining That's- that. Yeah, so I'll send you a voice note, Brandon. Okay. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, <we'll> start. <laughs> um, I, actually, I don't know if I've answered this question, but now that I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, the, the island reminded me of it. I actually did a show in Cuba um, at a wedding, and it was one of the best experiences of my life. It was a long time ago; I think it was maybe 2013, 14. And it was a couple that were big fans of Jeff Leeson, and I was often doing shows with Jeff you Leeson. Can. And uh, it was like around Christmas time, they came up to us after a show, and they're like, "Hey, we're getting married. We're doing an all-inclusive thing in Cuba." And we we're like, "They're like, we're just wondering, like if." If we could get you there would you think about doing stand-up at at our wedding for the family and friends and stuff and we were i was like fuck yeah you don't even need to pay for accommodations i'll sleep on the beach just get Ah. me to get me to cuba so we got an all include jeff brought his girlfriend at the time Uh, i was single at the time but they paid for three people to we flew with them i think it was 40 family members and friends we did a show i think um if we arrived on a saturday we did a show an hour show or an hour and a half show on a sunday and I think they got married on a Tuesday. And then that night we did another show that night. But we sort of themed it like a, sort of like a, a dating game kind of vibe to it. Um, oh,
0: I like a little theme. I yeah. Like they the kind of make the the,
1: like make the bride and groom the star of the show, obviously. Yeah. Um, but the, yeah, that was incredible. That See, was That's
0: cool. And like weddings are like, obviously, I've certainly emceed a number of weddings and you had a comedy element. But I've certainly never done like all the weddings I've ever emceed, maybe two or three. Maybe, maybe if not. Uh, two or three, let's say. No, they're all in classic venues, and even like the comedy spaces. Maybe the stranger places are like, yeah, some are outside in an alley, or some are like literally, yeah, like I said, a rooftop. I can't, yeah, I can't really be too uh, specific about that. Uh, one time, a on a helicopter, maybe I'll talk about later. And right, which didn't <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I don't know. Why I fibbed. Never even been on a helicopter.
1: Like, what? I can't you know, I, hear you. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> but,
3: like, said, what?
0: with the thing so they can kind of, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I did. Um, I almost want, I wanted to do stand up on, um, do you guys know Airbus A380? It's uh, if you're a plane nerd, if you're a jet aircraft nerd, you know, before I board your plane, I like to know what type I'm taking. Cause I love knowing. I just love knowing. And the bigger, the better. Cause it's fun. <laughs> um, but there's a plane. It's kind of a newer one, but they stopped making it just because it, it's guzzling so much gas, and only certain airlines use it. But Emirates uses and a bunch of other airlines, but certainly not Canada and no American uh, carriers use it. Uh, Airbus A three hundred and eighty, and this is like it's not jumbo jet. It's not seven four seven, which is made by Boeing. But you know, seven four seven, it's got the little hump and there's an upstairs. This one is the fully double decker one, Ooh. and I took that on the way back from on one of my legs from Australia recently. And I really did consider there was a bar in the back. The whole upstairs was a business class. And there was a bar that you could just kind of congregate in the back. And I thought about, like, just standing up there and being like, hey, can I just do a little, can I do a tight five on airline bars? Right. Anyway, it was very, look, I was delusional and I was drunk. You could drink. <laughs> it's all gratis. It was I all think you should have done it.
1: Next time, do it. Next time, listen. Uh, yeah. Listen to that whisper and yeah. take those take those people hostage and do a <laughs> well, stand up yeah. show. It was a fourteen
0: hour flight, so yeah, captive could audience. Have done, yeah, than a tight hour,
1: right? right captive right.
0: audience, yeah, quite literally. Take that little yeah. phone that they all t- the stewardess is talking to, yeah, and if you look at the back of the plane, it's me, Chris. <laughs> you'll see tonight's you'll see tonight's headliner, Chris Sanford. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, somebody was telling me that that voice that all pilots do is based on Chuck Yeager, the guy to break the sound barrier. Just because he was, mm. he's just so cool and he was so calm under pressure. And everyone was like, Oh, let's just talk like him on the radio all the time. Hey, uh, if you look out the, the left, um, there's absolutely nothing there. <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> fun?
2: <laughs> that is fun, I like it. But they can, it like, down a cloud that I think kind of looks like Jesus,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like they're so cool and calm under pressure. It's like, Oh, our engine's blown out. They can say anything, and it's just like oh, everything's all right. It's like, no, not everything's all
2: right. You might see a fire next to you. Don't even look at it. Just look Don't the other high. way.
0: If you've been injured by the fire, um, ooh, we'll tend to you later. <laughs> if we get to you, if we land safely,
2: we'll get to you later. And that's, we'll a, promise. You. that's a promise. That's a promise. <laughs> that's an airline guarantee. Thank you for flying U.S.
0: Airways, <laughs> which is now defunct. <laughs> Sully, did you see Sully? Yeah, that's now defunct, that airline. Yeah. So I was in Sully. I was in Shawshank. <laughs> right, right, right,
1: right, right. So um, actually, you have you have been a lot of things. Um, and I wanted to mention that for a lot of people in showbiz, especially 2020 was their worst year of their career between having live shows wiped out and things being weird. Um, but I feel like you had probably maybe one of your best years, certainly TV film wise. Um, so let's, 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 let's talk about that. I know you, you shot a feature in... Was it in Montreal? Do you shoot that disaster? Yeah, that's right. The disaster 2020 feature?
0: 2020 was so wild, man. I taped that for that. I auditioned for that feature in, at the beginning of 2020 before the pandemic. I think there were like whispers of like a mystery virus at the time. And then like a month later, everything was locked down. And then I learned that I got the feature like six months later or seven months later. And then we shot it in November. The, so yeah, that will be Moonfall directed by a uh, legend of destruction uh, Roland Emmerich and whatever you think about his movies you know i look i went to film school cuz i loved independence day so much i thought it was just so charming and it's like it's got that good american schlock in it it's just so goddamn fun and everyone's good in it and i think the effects are really terrific and i love aliens and just even as a kid i thought wow what a cool concept these guys with their big like city sized spacecraft coming down um so that was really cool that was um i was in montreal for like a month shooting that thing i think you know 10 days of work but you know there was a lot of like rehearsal stuff there were stunts and of course because of covid everyone was like okay you know every shooting day you know i'd shoot and then you had to go back to the hotel and sit (laughs) like i wasn't allowed to do anything else and that was in the that was at the height of the second wave right um And even before then, you know, without that movie, it was like bombs away. I hate to say it. Um, You know, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, I, you know, I had a movie, like a Christmas movie that was about to shoot that was canceled, that was postponed due to the pandemic. So there were like three, two to three months there that looked hairy for everybody, obviously, uh, myself included. But then as soon as everything, I knew I had work, as soon as things would open, I knew things would open. I thought, okay, at least I have that Christmas movie to look forward to, you know, four days, whatever, of work, um, which is great. And, you know, if you're an actor, especially Union, you know, a couple of days of work is like, it makes it's all the difference between, you know, feast and famine. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think I did the Serb thing for like two months. And the thing with Serb is you couldn't take, you guys know, you couldn't draw on it if you made a certain amount of money. So as soon as I knew things were opening up and that movie was going to start in like July, I like, yeah, I stopped Serb. And then, just it was bombs away it was like you know there was a i don't think it's aired yet but there was an odd squad and you know there was a couple tall boys and there was a couple uh, like other little things here and there and i was like okay this is um, we're back i guess the the business is back um you know film brings a lot of money into cities and like wherever they're shooting it's crazy mm-hmm. um so i think that's basically why they were like oh this is essential It's not essential, but I guess it is too because people love content. So I'm a little torn.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they also have the money to adapt to all the COVID protocol too. Right. They could they could afford to test and have all the extra um, strict protocol and all that kind of stuff too.
0: Exactly. Actually, for Moonfall, I think I read that their budget went up by like almost 10 million, like between six and 10 million, just to just to accommodate whatever that was. And that was like a success story too, but I guess I think they went the whole 60, 70 day shooting time with not one single case. And I remember one of my days or a few of my days there were like, you know, it's this big NASA movie. So there's scenes of us in like that big NASA picture at big control room at Houston or whatever, you know, with like 140 extras running around with their NASA badges and their suit and tie. They're doing their own thing. It's like, that's a, that was a lot of people to be in a room with at the height of the second wave and i remember remarking to myself that i'm gonna get this thing i'm gonna get this virus i think and it's like for sure there's no way but no they went the whole time with not a single case uh asterix they had one false positive and had to shut down for two weeks wow. but it turned out to be a, a false like it turned out later that it was false positive mm-hmm. so
1: well the only uh the only silver lining to getting it is if you were very lucky you could be like I got COVID from Halle fucking Barry. Oh
2: yeah, that's right. Hallie Barry COVID. Yeah. Yeah, I
0: can't wait to see this thing. I'm like, uh, look, you have to understand, whenever I get anything, I'm like, oh no, if people are gonna see it and realize that I'm bad. I think I audition well and I think I am fun to be around and I think uh I think I'm cool, not in the, not with a capital C, like I don't think I'm like, you know, like the Fonz or
2: anything. But I, certainly I think, think you're with a capital K, you're cool.
0: Yeah, product. like those cigarettes, cool, that brand of cigarettes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: yeah, exactly, because I'm hacking up a lung. And No, I just think that you can put me on a set confidently and I won't like, you know, be a crazy person. Right. Um, and I used to work in casting in Montreal, actually. And that really, if I, if, if, I don't like giving advice. And I also certainly don't like taking advice. Now um, well, that remains to be seen, actually. But if I could give any advice to anybody who was like trying to break in, and I'd say work at a casting place for a minute and just see, especially the lady that I worked for in Montreal, she was one of the more prominent ones. And it just felt like, it really demystified the process for me, if it makes sense. You see what not to do. You see, you know, there's great, great talent, obviously, and they want to put talent in the room. But if that talent comes with even a little bit of ego, um, for the most part, you really try not to put them in the thing. And um, yeah, and you got to be cool. It's like, oh, can I put this person on the set with Darren Aronofsky? Um, and if the answer is yes, then yeah, you could uh, you'll do the thing and be cool. You know, people are always like, oh, let's take pictures. Oh, I got to get a selfie with this guy. And it's like, no, your job is to. Be there and have pictures moving pictures taken, What do you <laughs> want to pictures taken and on your phone for later mm-hmm. soon enough everyone's gonna see the pictures somewhere you know in the form in the way that they'll look the best on the big screen or on the small screen or what have you right anyway
1: yeah I'm sure you're uh I'm sure you're a pleasure to be around on set uh, we love having you here in the studio as well uh, and That's one thing i've 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 told you this a few times you're very, very quick at picking up um, uh, the words. And and even yeah. if you just got a script, your cold read yeah. skills are great. You're able to take it off the page and make it seem natural. I think part of that is from being on set and having the experience of maybe being in the makeup chair and they're like, here are the new sides. We're not shooting the scene that we were supposed to. Here's the new That's, stuff. Or we rewrote right. it. Or we're shooting tomorrow's stuff today and you just kind of got to like quickly figure it out yeah, and get it. Yeah, but,
0: trial by fire you have to yeah, yeah. yeah. but it's also Tell i think it- as stand-ups too we all kind of you know it's easier to maybe you know ad- you know it's fight or flight truly where it's like i gotta do this i gotta win this in the ch- few seconds that i have you know i love right. oh my god i missed in-person auditions for that reason actually actually right i miss going it- into a room and make like me right
2: away <laughs> <laughs> tell
1: us a little bit about australia chris so you spent like what five six months in um in australia shooting I was this there, new show
0: all told i was there for just over four months and yeah it was one of those other things again like I, it was a hail mary audition you know you get a couple of those a year truly where it's like wow wouldn't this be good to get and i couldn't believe it yeah moonfall and then this and I don't know what was going on with the, the gods or what I was looking like, or I don't know what it was happening. I was auditioning really well, I guess. Who knows? Um, but yeah, um, I got, I was one of the least famous people in this cast for this new show <laughs> that will come out. No, I mean, it's true. It's absolutely true. Um, but in terms of the main cast um, for, uh, yeah, Melissa McCarthy and her husband produced this um, comedy series, uh, limited series for Netflix, Netflix, um it will be called god's favorite idiot it's I don't know how to describe it other than Anna, the other person in the cast who i would i affectionately say that we were the two least famous people in the cast. She's from New Zealand, and we took to each other right away because you know it's not like I'm gonna right away be calling up Melissa and hanging out <laughs> uh yeah, you know, she had her husband and her family there, and she was lovely, obviously they were all lovely and great heroes um but the two of us would talk about how um. Just incredible it was to, oh, wow, that's, what are we doing here? Very strange, but lovely. I couldn't believe it.
1: Any uh, any interesting Australia experiences or was it kind of also COVID lockdown? So it was on set and then nothing. It it
0: became COVID lockdown toward the end, like literally like right before I was going to come home, like two weeks before I was going to come home, things started locking down. But for the most part, no, it was like no masks. And everyone said, like we were, it was was a year of wearing, wearing masks for me at that point. And I got there and I thought, wow, it's going to be really hard to forget my mask. No, it took like a day. I was there for a day. It was summer because it was February here. Um, mm-hmm. It was February everywhere, I guess. <laughs> uh, was there. Uh, yeah, sorry, it was February here. But it, oddly, get this, it was Tuesday the whole time I was in Australia. That's fucked up. that's what they don't tell you. Mm. It's upside down. Um, oh. But I remember thinking, like, wow, it's summer all of a sudden. And just, no, the mask came off and I would forget it. And there were like a couple weeks. There were a few times where like, there were like little scares. Like there was a case in Brisbane or a case in Byron Bay. And like for the weekend or for like five days, they'd like not locked down, but they'd be like masks. But then everything would, they'd squash the cases and then it, everything would go away. The worst it was, was literally, I'd hear in Melbourne in Victoria, that state they'd lock down for a few times for a few, for a bit. Right. Um, But I never made it out there. But that's apparently a really good comedy place. Um, But in terms of experiences, I learned how to surf. I'm trying to let everyone know uh, if you want to take me surfing. I know the fundamentals now. (laughs) You know, I'm not good at reading the surf, but I know how to stand up on the board, which I'm really proud of. And I'm going to keep going with it. If I ever move to a place, it's going to it's better. It better have an ocean to surf on.
1: And the the crazy thing about Australia is, I feel like COVID's the least of your concerns because there's deadly spiders, deadly snakes, crocodiles, sharks, all these other things to worry about. COVID that's is right. not no, that's no that's big what deal. I did
0: stand up on a surfboard? No, I didn't. I did. <laughs> no, I stood up on a surfboard. Is what I meant right. to say. You mixed my words up. Right. I Large. yes, you're absolutely right. I fought a spider. I remember. I came out of the <laughs> shower one day, and out of nowhere, a spider. That well, I'm exaggerating. It was like it was like it was big. It was chunky, not like a tarantula because those are slow moving and whatever. But this was like chunky, a little smaller than a tarantula, not as big as a huntsman, but it was fast. And I was like naked. And I remember I was holding an an antiperspirant and I was just rolling it on and there it was. And I all I had on me was this antiperspirant and I used it to it. But like I would slam it into the ground and it would jump away like it was fast. It took minutes to get it. You know, and spiders don't bother me normally. They're just chilling. That's fine. But this was like encroaching, and it like was fast. So at that point, I'm like, nah, nah, you're not allowed in here. I got it, but it took too long. That's (laughs)
1: that's a good uh, that's a good deodorant commercial right there. Just guy smashing his deodorant off of a spider.
2: I mean, really, you you could have missed out on having Spider Man powers. I'm just saying. Ooh, you reckon? Yeah, you
0: reckon that could? Have, that was the it one. Not w- to kill? It leaped. It like, leapt, man. It was crazy. And there's yeah. a few times I encountered spiders like that, but that was the craziest one. When you're literally naked, and it's like I gotta kill, and I don't, I didn't want to lose it. You know, like I don't know. You, you, there's a lot of centipedes in this town. Uh, mm-hmm. My last apartment was like not certainly not infested, but I'd see them like once a week. I'd see a big centipede, and if they noticed that you saw them or if they detected you, they were gone in a second, and. I think Jackie Birrico has a joke about how, like, you know, if she didn't kill it and it got away, she just knew it was somewhere growing.
3: And, you know, and like, I know what
0: she, how she feels about that because that's exactly what they do. Somebody else told me that they can live for, like, six or seven years, those things, where it's like, okay, so if you don't get it, it lives and teaches others and its offspring and to get it how to evade you. And, no, I can't have that. I can't have them teaching a generation of young bugs how to stay away <laughs> from me how to, or how to, like, you know, show themselves briefly but then ev- evade me. Mm-hmm.
2: Just stay yeah. in the walls. Stay you, where you I can see you. You need them to me. fear you, Chris. Like, you really – you need to start yelling at them. Get, get out of there! Get
0: you know out what? of
2: here! I wish they understood –
0: language because then we could reason with them and make yeah. perhaps a live and let live policy with
2: the bugs. Would we can make preferable. a treaty with the spiders <laughs> to kill the other bugs. I was going to say,
0: you know what? It did not work in Starship Troopers. It ain't going to fucking work now. You that. That's a
2: good point. Good point.
0: <laughs> um, oh yeah,
2: Starship Troopers I did. Uh, <laughs> Shawshank. Uh... <laughs> what, what was the other
1: one? What was the other one?
2: Oh, the mist mist, yeah, mist. Yeah. yeah yeah um
1: so chris i know you mentioned not liking to give advice but you you've had a great career uh, so far and you're really you're also probably admittedly just feeling like you're getting started but you've put in yes. 10 12 years now in comedy and in tv and film your resume is great what advice would you give to someone either starting out or someone sort of looking to to get to the next level and and if that's odd one one way to think of it um someone sort of gave me the advice is Give advice to your former self, yeah. like where you were 10 years ago, or what advice would you give yourself back then that would help someone now?
0: Yeah. If I were talking to my old self, and my old self sort of already knew this, but didn't realize it, I suppose, because uh, it's that weird to say, oh, I already knew everything I needed to know? No, that's not true. I'm always – my heart is open. I'm happy to learn and change and grow, and um, hopefully more things will come from that. Yeah, I think for me, it's always been focused on literally just focus on the thing that's making you happy about the craft, um, especially with stand up. Like, uh, you know, I'm not here to say that I'm the funniest guy in the world. I'm certainly not like, you know, a yucks guy or an absolute guy that's going around and touring all the time. But I say I do think that I'm funny and uh, um, I've been enjoying doing it for as long as I've done it. I love doing stand-up. I love watching good stand-up. I think for me, it's just, I'm never fooled by the people who are just running it on autopilot. Does that make sense? Who are just like, yeah, I, I'm happy to hear the same jokes over and over again. Cause you're working it. That's part of the craft. You're trying to develop a, an act and you're trying to see what works and see how you can change it to work it. And okay. Mm-hmm. Maybe if I say it this way and this long, you know, um, but I, I, tr- I guess what I'm getting at is just find the fun in it, truly. Like, what, what's the part in you that literally that nucleus needs to be warmed by doing this, you know? And just nurture that, truly. I, I, that's what I do with auditions. I love auditioning, truly. I, uh, you know what I love hearing comics say? I love when comics say that they hate auditioning because then I get to say, okay, get out of my way. Cause I love to audition, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I like, let me add them. People say, oh, I hate auditions. I hate commercial auditions. Yeah, I get it. You know, but that's the work. As soon as you get the thing, that's the easy part. You get the thing and everyone agrees. Oh yeah, that's the guy. It's not, it's not work at that point. Sure. You got to get up early. You got to do, you got to remember lines and you have to show up and actually do work. I get it, but that's fun. You want that. That's what you want. The thing that's hard is to do all these auditions on spec you're guessing and um to me it's just find the fun in it and people will see it it'll shine through and maybe that's cliche or a bit after school especially but it's like no man if you're having fun with a thing and you're doing it for yourself uh man uh people see it and respond to it and again when i was working at that casting place that's kind of what i learned i'd i'd say truly like the best people were. Yeah, a lot of them had been doing it a long time, but a lot of them were just like having fun acting because it is fun to inhabit a different person for a bit. Even if it's a crazy, you know, down on their luck character, it is fun to see what you can, the and little things can kind of bring to life from a piece of paper. It's so fun. And I guess if you could just do that enough, you do it consistently and enough, someone will. People that'll rain dividends for years to come. I'd say.
1: Oh. Snapping for you, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, and you you do exude that that positive energy, Chris. And and I know you mentioned you're like, is that a little too after school special? A little too cliche? If it is cliche, it's just because it's true. People who mm. like, you see someone on stage having fun. You see someone having fun in an audition room. You feel that. If you see someone's anxiety and their insecurities then it reminds you of yeah then you're like oh i remember feeling horrible like that oh this and then you feel bad for them and you like yeah, pity man. them and that's that's not a good feeling my friend dan um, and- had
0: to say i literally used to host a show for four years in montreal where every so often we'd all hope we'd host it together but every other week i'd have a weird show where literally he'd be like, well, just have fun. Like, you know what I think you didn't do today? I don't think you were having fun today. And that's all it took. It was better than therapy. It was like, yeah, you're right. I was too in my head or I was too focused on doing it for that person and not me. No, oh, man. You gotta do, you, you'd surprise yourself. And I'm not talking to you or Brandon specifically, but anyone who's listening, even a, a past me or a future me. You'll surprise yourself. And you could be doing anything, even if it's the stupidest bit or the stupidest character or something dumb. So long as you're just doing it for yourself and finding the fun in it and making yourself joyful from it, that, oh, my God.
1: And speaking of of joy and having the fun, every time you're in the self-tape studio here and we're running with you, you're one of the most fun people to work with. And I think, Brandon, do we have a little uh, clip, a little highlight reel? So this is a blooper reel from some of Chris's – and uh, if you don't love him after this, uh, I mean, if you don't love him already, I don't know what's wrong with you. But if you certainly, if you don't love him after watching this, I don't know what's wrong with you.
0: Um, what's the line?
1: Nice. Nice. You had a few of those today. That's. That's what you like to I, do jir- during uh, during a take whenever Chris um, trips on his words. He yep. just goes into a... <laughs> then he's like, okay, I, ready to go again. Ready to go again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. when you are.
0: Because I know that... I Look, I have a big, fat tongue. I certainly don't have a stutter, but every so often I'll go, hell I'll trip over a word. You got to <laughs> get them out, baby. And I know I have like a thousand of those a day to get out, so that's a little trick <laughs> to kind of get them it. all to spill out at once so i don't do it again on the audition
1: love mm-hmm. it um little uh, little bit of a shameless plug here um but can you speak to people maybe some actors out there who haven't been to laughing vikings or or any place where you get some some help um with auditions
0: well, I'm glad you agree that this is a shameless plug, but I'm happy to do it because I believe Thank in y'all. You. It's a great thing. Yeah, Um. I remember, when did I move to Toronto? Four years ago, just over, just four and a half years ago, I'd say. And I was always scrambling to put a tape together. And, you know, if you have a studio or whatever at your house, that's fine. It's just, um, I was living by myself and I didn't have like a great, a wall or whatever to put things up on. And it's also it's tough to count on just a friend and it is weird as much as I'm sitting here saying, you know, make it fun for yourself and just do it for yourself. You know, you should be able to act in front of anybody, turn the spigot on and off or whatever, but it's also good to do everything you can to make the experience just easier to get into so for me, literally, um, I think it was Jackie Pirico that recommended you guys to me like ages ago, like, oh, yeah, I always go and have a tape uh, or, you know, some people, they have a certain level of tape that they will tape for, if that makes sense, that they'll go right. to a facility for. Um, and at the beginning, I was doing that, like I was going to you if it was like, OK, I think I, I just don't see a friend being able to camera operate and do this at the same time now I'm just I'm here all the time. I'm putting every tape down with you guys just because it's just again it's getting that off of my plate. And the more I can focus on just the fun and literally the, the fun of it, the more I can offset to you guys and or Laughing Vikings to take care of like the technical stuff. That's just more random access memory that I have now to enjoy myself. And I mean, how good is it that I can like. I mean you have no idea what a weight off my shoulders it is, Brandon, like the other day, friggin', you know, you were gonna send me all these, you're gonna send me a link or you'll send it off to whoever it is it needs to go to. And I leave that room, I leave that that place on Queen Street, and it's done. I consider the matter done. It's hugely a valuable thing. Like even when I was in Sydney, I like had to find I found people, but it was like because I was used to coming to you guys, I was like, No, I can't do this at, at my hotel or my airbnb or whatever it is um no it's been truly invaluable um before by viking vikings it was yeah my little flat in parkdale where i had to do it with the sun which is not reasonable
3: because
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know in the winter that's crazy um but now it's like it's it's great how many times a week am i with you guys three four times a week it's like
1: probably yeah
0: i, yeah. I can't picture doing this any other way truly you guys have been, uh, you've changed my lives. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and we wouldn't that, sorry, want it exaggerate. any other way, Chris. We yeah. wouldn't That's want it any either. other way.
2: And you guys are yeah. great.
0: And you guys, again, you make it fun. And I know that I can be really silly. And I don't, you know, whatever. It is, sometimes acting can be embarrassing. It's quite naked. It's quite, um, you know, you share a lot about yourself. Vulnerable. Yeah. It's very vulnerable and whatever. And sure, you should be able to do that in front of anybody and reproduce and be able to reproduce that in front of everybody. But, you know, again, anything you can do to make it easier to get to those places. And you guys, specifically, in terms of now talking about the personalities behind, you know, the company, um, it's just very fun to see you guys and work with you. And you guys usually have a bunch of good ideas. Um, so it doesn't just stop at the technical, you know, the technical spots. It's also just fun to come and yeah. tape. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's like home field advantage. I always wanted it to be like home a, like a, field like, a advantage. like a like a clubhouse, like a like a basketball player might have his his court at, in the in the back or his gym, and and that's that's his workout right. where he goes into the zone. And and right. here you got yours. So yeah,
0: yeah, truly amazing. Yeah, that room. We make a lot of magic in there. We make a lot of you know. The opposite of magic, too. But, (laughs) but you know what? You got to take a lot of swings if you want to hit a couple of times,
1: right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good, a good chunk of change coming out of that room, too, with all these bookings, whether it's TV, film, commercials, feature films. And
0: and if you book one thing, if you go every tape and you book one of them, it's worth it, man, because then some of that you got to invest back into my business, which is this, and then. Yeah, man. I don't, uh, I don't, I won't, I don't ever question it. Truly. It's an easy decision.
1: Nice. Well, we'll, we'll pay you later for that beautiful plug.
0: Ah, <laughs> yeah, money on its way. Very good. See to it.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right. Um, Brandon, uh, any other final questions here?
2: Uh, no final questions, but I do have a quote.
1: Oh, well, I, one, one more question for Chris. No we, we do like to ask this. Um, what is the thing in the future? and i know we're going a little over time here but i want to ask it um what is the, is there a dream project that in your head you're like like your perfect thing either you create it yourself or you write it or what's the the dream movie or the dream stand-up show what's the like pie in the sky dream that you can put out there oh to the universe God.
0: honestly it uh yeah, I have maybe two answers. My first and quick answer is I'd love to host the Tonight show. <laughs> I'd love to be yeah. the host of one of these like late night talk shows. That was kind of my big driving dream when I was just purely doing stand up. It's like, wow, wouldn't that be cool to just have a suit all every a new suit every night and get my hair done every night and talk about I, who's in power and I and could see you you'd
1: be you'd also make an amazing You'd you'd make an amazing game show host too. I could see you taking um, over for yeah, Steve Harvey and doing the feud. Ah,
0: I love you know what as much as I don't like Steve Harvey, I love him. I absolutely think he's so fun to watch. And I do love. I do I have a weird love-hate thing for him. But don't worry. <laughs> I'm like I take that as a huge compliment. Um, yeah. but I would love yeah, I'd love to host like a yeah, like whatever Fallon is hosting right now. I'd love to host that show or whatever Seth Meyers is hosting right now. I'd love to just the late night Talk about someone's book. I love the idea. Roast (laughs) the
2: president. That would be
0: amazing. Um, But the longer answer to that is I'd love to do like a serious like sci-fi drama that's like, you know, transformative. Like if I could be in Dune. So Dune is coming out with Denis Villeneuve starring or directed by Denis Villeneuve, you know, with Timmy. Timmy, If I could be the Timothy Chalamet character in Dune, that would be so prestigious for me i would i love that shit i absolutely love big high concept sci-fi um but with believable really actor actors in it like actor with a capital a which one of these days i'll become an actor with a, capital a <laughs> but, you know but where well, there's serious people in it used to be uh, sci-fi was just a star trek movie directed by someone you've never heard with just the tv show actors in it and as much as i love those movies they're not good they're very poor very poor films and it wasn't until what's his name jj abrams came along and said no these should be real these should be like made seriously um and as much as i don't like his movies either (laughs) either, (laughs) um it seems like big sci-fi you know like i said dune arrival um arrival friggin' rocked Um, yeah
2: it did
0: stuff like that where it's like really heady kind of questioning some element of humanity, something that we're going through with society now, either in the District West nine. or the world or the world at large, whatever, whatever. I would love to do something like that. And it's like, yeah. you're one of the top build guys. And, you know, you're, you're not just flying a spaceship, although there is part that's part of it. <laughs> it's like having your, like, too. It's like I don't want to be an ender, but I really want to be, you know, some halfway to that but then half my body in like a really heady thoughtful sci-fi drama world does that make sense that's kind of my yeah i love segment. it love it put it that out there a- we're
1: putting it out there here yeah, that would be awesome. good vibes is gonna come to you you know what they say if you say it on a podcast it always comes true. <laughs>
0: well <laughs> look I always, said, I always said i wanted to be on a podcast and now that i've done that <laughs> i'm only going i'm still i'm
2: going up baby
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right, Brandon, you want to take us home with something here? Yeah,
2: I do. I have a quote to inspire our week. In this world filled with hate, we must dare to hope. In a world filled with anger, we must dare to comfort. In a world filled with desire, we must still dare to dream. And in a world filled with distrust, we must still dare to believe. And I I really love this quote today because I, I've been seeing a lot of divide, especially in, in Toronto right now, where, where people are very upset with everyone and, and no one's really on the same team. And, and I feel like we all need to take that in a little bit, not think of anything that anyone has said to us personally and not take it personally. Don't, don't be, be the bigger person in scenarios. If someone is yelling and screaming try and try and be the calming presence. Don't, don't go with the crowd. Don't just ignore it. Try and be there for someone else. And that's all you need to do. Open your heart and your mind will open with it.
1: Love it. Yeah. I think everyone, especially right now, there's so much divisiveness and I'm I'm red and you're blue and I'm Mm for mask and you're anti-mask and you're Mm -hmm. for vax and I'm anti-vax. Like, and if you're defining yourself, you
0: guys are vaxxed Fuck.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Double Pfizer, double double Pfizer. Yeah. Chris immediately leaves. Yeah.
0: What? I didn't know this was a vaccine podcast. Fucking hell. Fuck. Yeah.
1: I'm
3: joking, actually, I'm joking if, if, to the
1: listener. If, if you weren't vaccinated before this, you are now. It's actually, we've we've given you it through the yeah. feed right now. You know what, how I mean, that, it. Ma-
0: that makes it my third shot. So right. as Dr. Yeah. Fauci said, For you get 10 fold of uh, antibodies and it, it's 10 or 20 fold in some cases. Right. That's <laughs> Dr. Fauci is all right. It's
1: a, it's a, it is a complicated world and these issues <laughs> and are complicated. But um, I think these <laughs> days, it, I think all of us have to ask ourselves what, Everything you're saying, or your actions, or your thoughts, they're either coming from fear or they're coming from love. And if it's coming from fear, you really got to question that. Am I? What am I? Am I saying this based on fear? Am I doing this based on fear? Am I thinking this based on fear? Or am I doing, saying, and thinking based on love? And then and, and lean towards the love and and find. And that's again sounds after school, especially, but it, it's cliche because it's true. And I think that's also a great way to analyze leadership as well and who you're listening to. And if you're listening to someone, whether they're a politician or a corporate leader or something, if they're spouting divisiveness and things based on fear versus messages of love and hope and togetherness and and moving forward. um, And I think this is also a lot of the news. We're we're all kind of tricked into thinking the world is constantly on fire. but. Mm. Even in the last year and a half, there's been some amazing things happening. It's not all doom and gloom. So just just remember that. sha la la
0: Yeah, if I knew the theme to Dune, I would sing it, but I, I don't. Right. Uh, right. Just to bring it back <laughs> to my well. Dream.
1: This has been a pleasure, Chris. We love you. We love having you in the studio. We love having you in the show. Congrats on on such a great year, 2020 and 21. We do
0: appreciate it. You guys are a lot of the reason why it was such a lovely 2020 and 2021. So cheers. Thank you so much. Um, Yeah. Mazeltov. Hope it's a good uh, final quarter of 2021.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Listeners at home. Make sure you follow us on all the podcast platforms. Uh, catch us every week here live on Facebook and on YouTube. And uh, make sure to go to laughingvikings.com slash comedy alley, and you'll get 50% off the stand-up shows. And those occasionally feature Mr. Chris Sandiford here in the alley. If we can ever get Chris Robinson off the stage.
0: Now, you know what? I, I think, I think he's about to peak. He's about, he's, doing, he's about to do his middle. He's just getting through the middle hump there. So.
1: <laughs> right. All right. We'll see you next time. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye,
2: goodbye, goodbye.
1: Goodbye, 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 goodbye. No, you hang up. No,
2: you
3: hang up.